Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. It's another episode of Strength in Numbers on Rick Barry's house and believe. Brandon Kiddies here as the Golden State Warriors play their first summer league game in Las Vegas tonight, squaring off against the New York Knicks at 5 p.m. in the Thomas and Mack Center at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Warriors fans and nationally can watch this game between the Knicks and the Warriors on ESPN2. Warriors should be seeing the debut of Jonathan Kaminga in Summer League. He did not play a single game at the California Classic at Chase Center. Due to him scheduled to be playing in the FIBA qualifiers for the World Cup for the Congo. But he ran into some visa and passport issues. He did not debut or play a single game with his respective Congo team. So he is with a team in Las Vegas and expect for some highlight reel plays from JK tonight against the New York Knicks. Other news from the Golden State Warriors, of course, we know that Jama Malalela will be the head coach for the Golden State Warriors in Summer League, but he was just promoted to help fill the vacancy of Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings. So now at the front end of the Warriors bench, you'll see Kenny Atkinson, very analytically driven there, uh, helped change Andrew Wiggins' shot selection, of course, last season with his ability to take less mid-range jumpers and drive to the hole and shoot the three-pointer at a higher rate. Of course, John Mamalalela was brought on last summer to the Warriors staff as a player development coach. You saw the impact he had on the Warriors crew last season, whether it was with the rookies, the improved defense from Andrew Wiggins, of course, seeing Gary Payton II and signing him, bringing him onto the roster and seeing what happened there for the Golden State Warriors, finding a hidden gem. And the Warriors probably are trying to do the same with stealing, in quotations, former NBA G League Rookie of the Year from the Los Angeles Lakers, and that's Mac McClung. Mac McClung was the G League Rookie of the Year last season, made G League Rookie first team as well as a 23-year-old with the South Bay Lakers. 21.6 points, 7.6 assists, and 6.6 rebounds per game, shooting 46% from the field and 37% from three, 88% from the free throw line. Got to see him against the... Against the Miami Heat in the California Classic of day one, Mac McClung was terrific in that in the first game of that California Classic. Knows how to drive to the hole. A strong, a strong, gritty player. Not of not afraid to attack the basket and has a pretty good looking three point shot. If I do say so myself. With the Golden State Warriors roster being mostly set, we don't expect Mac McClung to get a roster spot on the 15-man roster. This is only a Summer League steal, so the Lakers will get him back after the Summer League. But to have someone like Mac McClung on the roster gives that uh, gives another aspect of ball handling to the Golden State Warriors. We saw the Warriors 
Of course, start Guy Santos, Peyton Willis, Sela Moube, a couple of games there in the California Classic. So to have another ball handler there uh, is going to be key for the Warriors. We saw Quindary Weatherspoon, of course, return too. And we'll talk about players to watch out for in the Summer League. But first, we got to get to our sponsor every single week sponsoring our, prod, our podcast here on Believe. And that is our sponsor's at bet online our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's wimbledon finals major league baseball the latest fighting news and even next season's early nfl futures head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get the bonus and get into the action bet online where the game starts as we speculate of potential steals the warriors player development staff can't have for the upcoming season we got to talk about the biggest steal from last season and that was gary payton the second the warriors did not retain him as he agreed to a three-year 28 million dollar contract with the portland trailblazers a lot of fans are mad that joe lacob bob myers and the warriors did not retain gp2 Due to the high tax that would be added to his contract, basically, Anthony Slater had the numbers. It's six times to seven times the amount annually. So basically, you were going to see a $60 million contract for Gary Payton II. And we are not going to downplay GP2's achievement throughout the entire season. Being in the dunker spot, driving... uh. Cutting to the lane, his ability to catch lobs, he was a highlight reel. And not only was his play on the court something that Golden State Warriors fans will remember, but his off-the-court achievements as well. The NBA Community Assist Award that everyone from Dub Nation chipped into to help GP2 get that award. Going to hospitals and visiting sick kids. Being from the Bay Area, of course, his father, Gary Payton, being from Oakland, he has cemented and made an impact for the Golden State Warriors on and off the court. But we got to talk about his defense. A lot of memes on Twitter about how the Warriors Twitter is going to go off next season if GP2 clams Steph Curry. And I don't know if you all remember, but there was that clip Earlier this year about GP2 being at practice, Bob Myers being there with Steph Curry. And Steph tells Bob Myers on camera, don't let this man go because it's going to make a harder job for him to score. And that's exactly the matchup we're going to be watching next season between the Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. GP2 versus Steph Curry. And with the rumors of Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of Brooklyn... Could Portland be a destination there with Damian Lillard? Just imagine that. Damian Lillard and KD on the offensive end. You got GP2 covering you 94 feet. Portland could start to turn things around. But, you know, I let's go away from that and just thank GP2 for what he did. And the argument here is Joe Lacob making all of this money. Why, just, why not just not take the hit and why not just sign it? Well, 
we have an answer for you now as Joe Lacob was on the Tim Kawakami podcast, the TK podcast, to talk about why he decided not to bring that cap all the way to 400 to $500 million per season. And in quotes, this is what he said, Joe Lacob, I'm going to tell you your numbers are kind of messed up. We'll just say that you were throwing numbers out like 400, 500 million. Those numbers are not even remotely possible. It's just not. I'm already in trouble with the rest of the league, end quote. And although we assumed all this revenue that the Warriors are bringing in from merch sales to concerts there at the Chase Center to whatever, even Joe Lacob, Joey Lightyears himself, has a spending limit. And if the Warriors were going to go to the cap of $400 and $500 million, just imagine if they brought GP2 to pay him $60 million a year. And I know they did that with Kelly Oubre Jr. when he was on the squad to basically sign him for $70 million. But that was a move when the Warriors were desperate. That was a move when the Warriors were not in contention, when Klay Thompson was out. That was a move to build for the future. And I think this is exactly what Joe Lacob and the crew is doing right now. You don't retain GP2 for that $60 million uh, contract in total, basically. Well, that opens up the avenue to sign or re-sign Jordan Poole to an extension. Depending on how this year goes and you want to retain Andrew Wiggins, that gets him to an extension as well. If we expect Jonathan Kaminga to be the star that he is, and if James Wiseman comes back healthy and dominates at the big man position, that's a lot of money that you have to shelve out there if you're Bob Myers and Joe Lacob. And also with the Warriors bringing in guys, of course, the only guy they brought in so far is Dante DiVincenzo. You got the guys that you signed or that you brought on from the NBA draft, these rookies, and the Warriors are a hub for players to get more money. The Warriors system is something that helps players really shine and go to their max potential. And that's something we reiterate every season long, light years ahead. Everyone buys into the system. And once they buy into that system, once they make a key impact and other teams in the NBA see that, unfortunately, and that's what Joe Lacob says, and then they take them away. They make them unaffordable for the Warriors to bring back on. So you're going to be top heavy is what Joe Lacob said, but then you're going to have to fill those pieces in. And of course, we got to talk about the other departures. Now, we spent a lot of time there on Gary Payton II, but we got to also talk about the departure of Otto Porter Jr. He signed with the Toronto Raptors for a Two-year deal, $12.4 million. Otto Porter Jr. is rebounding his big shots there. We'll all remember that game Christmas Day against the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix with those three late threes there in the fourth quarter. Quindary Weatherspoon game, of course. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Helps secure the win there for the Golden State Warriors and his ability there in the playoffs when players were down, when the Warriors went small, Otto Porter Jr.'s impact is going to be missed. And there, he was quoted there um, in Toronto already saying that he's trying to help bring that championship atmosphere there back to Toronto. He saw what it takes with the Golden State Warriors, and he wants to help that crew out there in the North try to bring another one to the Raptors. And lastly, the departure of Nemanja Bielica. 
he has decided to return to Turkey and play for his team. Um, did not decide to sign the veteran minimum contract. And there was, I personally have not yet listened to it, but apparently Draymond Green really wanted Nemanja Bielitsa back from the Draymond Green show. He was quoted as saying that Warriors also lose Juan Toscano Anderson, Oakland legend there, now an NBA champion. Similar to Gary Payton II, he signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. And Damian Lee, after throwing out the first pitch at a San Francisco Giants game, was, or he agreed to deal with the Phoenix Suns. So Phoenix there, all of the departures for the Warriors are remaining in the West. Portland for GP2, JTA with the Los Angeles Lakers, and Damian Lee headed to the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Warriors did re-sign their top guy, and that's Kevon Looney. The Warriors wanted to make Looney the priority, as Joe Lacob said. He's a guy that has been on this championship roster for seven years now. And here's the quote that Joe Lacob said of why he wanted to bring the Golden State Warriors Iron Man back. That was a priority for us, honestly, Lacob said. He's one of our own that we felt we had to bring back. First of all, he did a great job. Secondly, he's been with us. He falls somewhat into the category of guys who've been with us, what, seven years now? He's one of the longest tenured guys in the league also now. People don't say stay with teams this long. And to continue that quote, he talked a little bit about James Wiseman. And with James Wiseman coming back this year, he's looking great. We're incredibly excited about it, but you can't have one center. And until Wiseman actually plays, I don't think we can go into the season without Kevon Looney. And Looney agreed to a three-year, $25.5 million deal. So that's a little over $8 million per year, taking a little bit of the pay cut there for the center market. We saw the deal that Ivica Zubac signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. It was about $11 million per year. And on the last podcast, we expected Looney to command anywhere from 9 to $12 million. So it took a little bit of a pay cut there. And the argument was that Kevon Looney, other teams did not want him because he doesn't fit that center needer. He fits that traditional center more with the Golden State Warriors. He's not a rim-running, lob-catching threat. He's not that fast on the fast break. It's not like Grant Williams or JaVale McGee for centers that we had in the past with the Golden State Warriors. And Kamon Looney really does fit the Warriors system. I don't see him fitting anywhere else or making that much of an impact compared to staying with this Golden State Warriors team. And I think other leagues, other teams in the league saw that. And I think that helped the Warriors a little bit to sign him for a contract of a little over $8 million and not command the deal into double digits. So shout out for the Warriors for bringing their top priority guy back. And now off to the Warriors free agent signing. They've made one free agent signing if we're talking about team or if we're talking about bringing in someone that wasn't with the squad last season and that's the big ragu from the Sacramento Kings and more notably from the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks he's also an NBA champion and that's Dante DiVincenzo DiVincenzo of course coming off of a season where he split time between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sacramento Kings you know in that playoff run in 2021 Suffered an injury there, never was the same. He was in the starting lineup and then ended up down to the bench there in Milwaukee. He was shipped off to Sacramento. And I got to see a lot 
of games there with Dante in Sacramento, of course, when I was at NBC Sports Bay Area. And I think DiVincenzo showed promise there in Sacramento. If we're just looking at the sample size of 25 games in Sacramento, he shot 36% from beyond the arc, which is something we'd like to see him return back to that 40% clip when he had that breakout season in Milwaukee. His highest career average was 10.4 points, of course, in the 2020-2021 season where the Bucks won the NBA title. He's a 42% shooter from the field, and I think his defense is a little underrated. And if you go check me out on Twitter at bkadiz0, that's B-C-A-D-I-Z-0, there was this great post um, about Dante DiVincenzo that I tweeted out. It was from the 2020-2021 season with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it was talking about his time there in Milwaukee. He had a defensive rating of 109.1 per 100 possessions, and that was eighth among starting guards who played at least 60 games. So we saw what the Warriors did with Andrew Wiggins. I expect them to take advantage of the six foot six wing wingspan that DiVincenzo has. He has a 42 inch vertical leap. He has those quick hands and the quicker instincts. And this was an article from the Sacramento Kings last season. And just looking at tape, he fights through those screens as well and knows when to, you know, get into the defender's space a little bit. And in this article with the Sacramento Kings, it's Dante had a defensive first mindset. When P.J. Tucker was on the Milwaukee Bucks, basically he picked P.J.'s mind and, you know, it's a mindset that he truly understands, and I think it's all put well in place with this one quote that Dante had last season. KD had 40, KD had 50, but he was exhausted by Game 7 of that series, referring to the Bucks versus the excuse me, the Bucks versus the Nets at that time. People will look and they'll be like, "Oh, but he had 40, but PJ did a hell of a job throughout the whole season." So. I took that and every game I approach is just work the dude. Whoever's a good scorer, just work him and make him earn his buckets. And Dante DiVincenzo has put himself to cover 94 feet sometimes. He'll throw you, you can throw him on there in the half court and he won't be afraid to guard that guy. So if the Warriors really work on his defense this offseason, I think you got another three and D gem there. And if Andre Iguodala is brought on as a consultant with the Golden State Warriors, I think he can also have a factor here with Dante DiVincenzo. I expect big, big things for Dante next season. And I think the Warriors got a steal with Dante for only, you know, diving into the little bit of that mid-level exception that the Warriors had. The Warriors signed Dante DiVincenzo to a two-year $9.3 million deal with a player option in his second year. So again, if he has a successful season with the Golden State Warriors, expect him to opt out and seek a bigger contract, maybe back with the Warriors or with another team next offseason. Now some free agent rumors there. The Golden State Warriors have been rumored to maybe have an interest with Patrick Beverly if he gets bought out with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Aaron Baines, who last played with the Toronto Raptors and suffered that freak spinal injury in the Olympics. The big Aussie is holding workouts with the teams 
the NBA teams in Las Vegas for a potential to be signed for this upcoming season. Golden State Warriors are rumored to be one of those teams interested, of course. Kevon Looney, James Wiseman, we don't know, of course, how Wiseman will play. So maybe get a third center on the roster could be an option. And Eric Bledsoe, a free agent, he's rumored to also be with the Golden State Warriors having an interest. You know, we saw Eric Bledsoe bounce around, had a great season with New Orleans, and could provide that veteran ball-handing aspect that the Warriors are going to miss with Gary Payton II not on the team anymore. Makes sense that the Portland Trailblazers are waving Bledsoe when they bring in GP2 in, so maybe the Warriors do a little swap there. Blazers take GP2, Eric Bledsoe, could potentially be a member of the Golden State Warriors. Now let's touch real fast here on the whole Kevin Durant situation. Try to build a super team down in Brooklyn. You brought on you wanted to be there with your friend Kyrie Irving and play ball with him. James Harden gets traded to Brooklyn and you form a super team with two guards and an amazing forward in Kevin Durant. Now the vaccination question with Kyrie Irving was an issue early on. Of course, KD returning from the injury and James Harden having a little bit of that weight and not playing to his full capability was all issues there in Brooklyn. And it did not turn out well for them. When one player was playing, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant was out. When Kevin Durant was playing, Kyrie Irving was out. When James Harden was playing, one of those two were out. And at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving did not re-sign initially with the Brooklyn Nets. He opted out, but then he re-signed back with the Nets for a bigger contract. So that was a little confusing there. And with the news of Kyrie Irving potentially being traded to the Los Angeles Lakers and trying to work a deal out there that is centered around Russell Westbrook, it made sense for Kyrie Irving to secure the bag that he wanted before getting traded because that team has to bring that big contract with them. And Kyrie Irving's problems uh, off the court, whether it's mentally or with injuries, he has not been a player that has been reliable for 82 games of a season. And with the whole James Harden thing there and then being traded over to the Philadelphia 76ers, Kevin Durant did not see a winning product there, and he, of course, wanted to be traded out. He he had the two number one seeds from last season on his list with the Miami Heat and with the Phoenix Suns. How did this Golden State Warriors rumor return? Well, Mark Spears said on ESPN Radio that the Warriors have interest in Kevin Durant just for the matter of the fact that it's Kevin Durant. And the Warriors have a plethora of young guys and veterans. When I say veterans, I mean Jordan Poole himself to be included into this deal. And Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, and some future picks to get the done, deal done for Kevin Durant. And also Zach Lowe most recently apparently said on his podcast that the Warriors were interested in Kevin Durant and that there was also rumors that Steph Curry would just have to sign off for having Kevin Durant back in play and I 
personally just have to say this no i do not want him back on the golden state warriors because you know how satisfying it was last season to win the championship for the golden state warriors and to do it in a way where you were underdogs and even more so than the 2015 nba season when the warriors were had a hot start to the season whatever it was whatever the record was i think they only lost two games for a good amount of stretch for the first 20 i think i think like they went 18 and 2 or something like that i i could be wrong but whatever the warriors were still counted out and for them to win it in a satisfying faction after having the super team in 17 and 18 and how kevin durant left and what happened with him and draymond to do it without him was great and if you're sacrificing your future for joe lakeup and for bob myers to build the franchise and set them up for the future just like how they did past the kevin durant years so 2020 season 2021 and 2022 for three seasons without kevin durant to be able to win the nba championship again and to set themselves up for the future with signing guys like jordan Poole, jonathan kaminga and james wiseman and to have these new guys come in like ryan rollins pat baldwin jr Guy santos Lester Quinones, all of these guys fit the Warriors system and to break it apart, to bring someone that is an aged veteran, but undoubtedly one of the best players to play ever in NBA history, to sacrifice all of that for a couple seasons of Kevin Durant, where he could have the opportunity to leave once again and pull LeBron James, say the Warriors win another championship with Kevin Durant here. Kevin Durant is 33 years old. He is going to be 34 next season. And sure, if you're the Warriors, you'll have him for four years. But what happens after those four years? That'll be his 34, 35, 36, 37, some quick math here. His 37, 38-year-old season when he decides to leave. And at that point, you can still get some draft picks maybe. But oh, wait, no, because you traded all of that away to the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't want Kevin Durant to come back. Because I want the Warriors to win in a way where they develop their core. The Warriors get a lot of flack for apparently, in quotations, building a super team and buying their players. Well, I'm sorry that Bob Myers, Joe Lacob, and the Warriors have revenue for constantly making the playoffs, for being an entertaining team and drawing fans. And this was the quote, I don't know how many years ago, where... It was Bob Myers and Joe Lacob, you know, sarcastically saying, I'm sorry for being great. And I think Steph Curry was even part of that crew. But this is what's happening again. Kevin Durant, I do not want him because you decided to leave this team. And of course, you were a free agent and had the opportunity to do so. But when Klay Thompson went down and how the Warriors ended it, it would have been great to run it back with Kevin Durant then. But I think once you leave, you can't come back. I don't want it to be like a LeBron James situation where he comes back again and then he leaves after his 38-year-old season for Kevin Durant. And just by... I keep on bringing it up just by how he left and his argument there with Draymond Green. I had enough of Kevin Durant because I also want to say that we had such a depleted bench that season. Do we not remember Quinn Cook being there in the NBA Finals, being the backup point guard when Steph Curry was boxed and won? 
I would rather have Jordan Poole and a potential Jordan Poole clone in Ryan Rollins if he develops than to have Kevin Durant for four seasons past his prime, in my opinion. That's all I have to say off the fact there of Kevin Durant. Now let's talk about the Warriors Summer League. Again, they're playing the first game tonight at the Thomas and Max Center. And I think the biggest question that everyone is going to be talking about, of course, is James Wiseman. And Jamal Malalela was on 95-7 the game, the Warriors flagship station yesterday. And he talked about how James Wiseman is not projected to play tonight in game one, but he doesn't know if it'll be game two, game three, game four. But It'll be around games two to game four that James Wiseman makes his debut here for the Summer League after playing with the G League Warriors last season and rehabbing and then re-aggravating that knee injury. Well, there was video out there and Marcus Thompson tweeted it out that Wiseman looked really good on five-on-five five scrimmage. You know, he. this is what Marcus Thompson himself said on Twitter. His little flip shots in the paint were feathery soft. And other than dunking the ball, we really wanted to see that touch out of James Wiseman, right? In his rookie year, where he basically averaged 11-6 and six or 12-6 and six in limited minutes. And we saw Dalton Johnson of NBC Sports Bay Area tweet out the James Wiseman three-pointer. And the issue with James Wiseman was that he got pushed around. But he has developed, he has been in the lab, has gained a lot of muscle. And I, I expect James Wiseman to be a lot better on the defensive end. Work Even in that rehab, those rehab starts there down with the G League Warriors and what I talked about in whatever month that podcast was at the same time Wiseman was rehabbing, he looked really solid and much better on the defensive end. Still would commit some unnecessarily, unnecessary fouls like fall for that pump fake and still you know, jump off of two feet, but that's just something that any young NBA player has to learn. But that gets me super excited to see James Wiseman running the floor with Jonathan Kaminga, two highlight reel lob threats, dunking genetic freaks that are just going to jump out of the gym and throw poster dunks in the summer league. Now let's talk about the 19-year-old James Wiseman. I think it's really his time to shine in Summer League. We saw him take off from the free throw line of that one highlight dunk last season that got everyone from Dub Nation with their eyes wide open on Twitter last season. I think Jonathan Kaminga, though, we got to see that defensive improvement. He's going to have to be someone for this upcoming season Warriors playoff run that Steve Kerr can go to. He was out of the playoff rotation last season. We saw him in limited minutes in that Denver series, of course, provided a little bit of that spark in those 12 minutes. But Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to improve on the defensive end to see some time, significant minutes for this upcoming season, to see 25 minutes like Jordan Poole did this season, be the sixth and seventh man off of the bench. Also, Moses Moody struggled there in his two games with the California Classic. You know, got some rest there in the first game that I was at. Did not get to see Moses Moody, unfortunately. But Moses Moody, I think, is going to bounce back. Um, in the few games that I did see, uh, 
on TV. Moses Moody forced a lot of shots driving to the rim. And I think that was the second game that I saw or of the California Classic. So his first game when he returned, a lot of shots going to the paint that were blocked or some turnovers there. Uh, another guy, the star of the California Classic so far was Guy Santos. And I was there for the Guy Santos game where he had 23 points, lighting it up, going back and forth with the Sacramento Kings' Keegan Murray, who I absolutely love. I thought it was going to be a bad pick for the Kings there, that they should have gone with Jaden Ivey. But looking back at it, the forward was the better pick than the guard because Harrison Barnes is getting older, and I like his shot a lot better. Shot over... Shot at 40% there from the three-point line in the California Classic. So big things up there for the Sacramento Kings. But Guy Santos, he is just someone that understands when to make the pass at the correct time. He is a playmaker that understands the Warriors offense already. And this is for someone that is really raw. He has that playmaking ability, those swing passes when he drives to the lane. And you see the help defense coming, plays that Luka Doncic is making already or that Luca is making is what I'm trying to say is what Guy Santos is making and I know a lot of people are saying hey he's the Brazilian Luca Doncic let's let's calm things down a little bit there he has a great looking shot and he's not afraid afraid to get to the rim but you know from what I saw in that one game of the California Classic six tone six turnovers struggled in the second game but bounced back on the third game he dribbles a lot sometimes too, goes ISO a lot more than we'd like to for the Warriors, you know, motion offense, but he'll he'll get things under control. He's he's super young, 18, 19 year old out of Brazil, another one of those draft and stash players, but I can already tell you that he won't be struggling as much as Justinian Jessup. Last season we wanted to see that Justinian Jessup game in the summer league for him to earn that 15th roster spot that did not happen and I think Justinian is struggling struggling here a little bit also with the Golden State Warriors struggled in game two of the California Classic until he found his stride in game number three or yeah in in game number two excuse me actually was the game that Justinian Jessup had a pretty solid shooting performance for himself and Justinian was letting it up from three, but I still don't think he has a fit here for the Golden State Warriors um, team. You know, the roster, like I said, is basically set. And Justinian is probably someone that's going to go back with the Elora Hawks down there in the NBL. You know, just on the defensive end, not seeing it. And moving off the ball sometimes can get a little lazy. Do not see him making the Warriors squad. And lastly, we got to talk about Lester Quinones. There was a poll out there that our podcast page, Strength and Numbers, put out. And you can follow our podcast page at dubs underscore strength. And it was, who was, who were you most excited for seeing there in the California Classic after three games or had the best impression on you? And I myself had to say Lester Quinones, the two-way player there, pun intended, uh, two-way G League contract signed for the season can play up to 50 games there with the main club for the Golden State Warriors. I thought he was terrific. 
he when the shot clock was winding down he hit a tough step back three-pointer hit a fadeaway shot too there at the mid-range at the nail and also on defense i just love his size and how big he is to be able to um bully and guard those guards coming off of those screens and fighting over them. Lister Quinones was really impressive to me. And I think with Quindary Weatherspoon as well, those are two guys that are built with uh when we're talking about their wingspan and their and how big they are too physically looking. I think they are two guys that you can try to fill that GP2 role with to cover 94 feet, of course, as well with Dante DiVincenzo and his um, defensive improvement and his ability this offseason. So if I were to rank it, of course, three players that I really want to watch during this five to seven games, depending on if the Warriors advance to the Summer League playoffs there in Las Vegas. Number one, of course, has to be on my list is James Wiseman, how he performs. Number two, I'm going to say is Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, but more importantly, Jonathan Kaminga's defensive improvement. I want to see him play significant minutes alongside Jordan Poole for that seventh man role, as well as Moses Moody improving his ability to score on the offensive end. You know, a couple of games last season, we saw that shot wasn't hitting from the three-point line, so a little more consistency there. And a little more consistency on not having to attack the rim every single time and being predictable and having your shot block. And most important, not most importantly, but my third and final player to look out for is going to be Lester Quinones and Quindary Weatherspoon. Those two there at number three, how they can impact the defensive end uh, as guards to help re replace that GP2 vacancy. That's our podcast here for this week's episode. We got California Classic in there. We got Summer League. We got Kevin Durant trade rumors as well as some potential free agents that the Warriors have their eyes on. And, of course, talking about GPT, GP2, Otto, JTA, and Nemanja all leaving. But they got their guy in Kevon Luna resigning and, of course, bringing on Dante DiVincenzo jam-packed episode and until next week you can follow our podcast page strength in numbers on twitter at dubs underscore strength of course this is all part of the newly revamped network here we were formerly warriors 24 7 but now we are rick barry's house and you can follow us our podcast network that has strength in numbers the rick barry show and Cyrus Saatza's new podcast, Size Corner, all on Rick Berry House. And that's what the handle is on Twitter, Rick Berry House. And you can follow us there. And of course, if you want to follow me, I'll be bringing you whatever analysis from the Summer League in terms of the Golden State Warriors. I'll be tweeting out daily. You can follow me on Twitter at bkadiz0. And as always, we appreciate the support every single week. The amount of viewers that we, the amount of viewers and listeners that we get every single week continues to grow every single week. And that's because of you guys that are listening every single week. We truly appreciate each and every single one of you guys. That's it for this week's episode. And until next week, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, this show is presented by Bet Online.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.